So I want to go back again to the foundation series. I'm going to uh, go back to Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1, and uh, to verse 3, and it says, Therefore, let us not move beyond the elementary teachings about Christ and be taken forward to maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance from acts that lead to death and faith in God, instructions about the cleansing rituals or baptism, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, the eternal judgment, and God permitting, we will do so. So we, 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 we start things, we move with God, but I really feel we just need to come back to uh, carrying on with these things. So we've, we've spoken about the repentance from dead works. We've spoken about faith in God. We've spoken about the different baptisms in the body of Christ, the baptism in water, or baptism into the body, salvation, baptism in water, baptism in the Holy Spirit. We had Adam speak on the fruit of the Spirit. We've had Jeff um, Kidwell come in and speak about the gifts of the Spirit and um, we also then had uh, Brad come in and speak about worship, and that's where we kind of jumped off that rails a little bit. But I want to come back again. But there's a question I want to ask. In all the things that have been happening and all the things that we've been hearing, is it just boxes that we're ticking in our life? Or is it changing our life? You see, because God doesn't send His Word just to tickle our ears. In fact, that's the problem. In the last days, people are going to be drawn by what tickles their ears. And the Bible also tells us that in the last days, the enemy is going to come in like a flood. And if you and I are not established on the rock, Jesus Christ, we're going to find ourselves in a bad place. So I'm asking you, when you heard about the baptism in the Holy Spirit and, 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 and with the evidence of speaking in tongues and, and God moved on some of us, are we praying more in the Spirit now than we did before or have we just idled back to where we used to be? When we heard about the gifts of the Spirit, did it inspire us to become bigger than what we are right now and become a channel through which we, God can work to be the voice of God that will speak into situations that you'll allow the gifts that God has given you to be a blessing to the, the body of Christ where He's planted you and to the people around you and to the community that you live in and your working environment? Are we allowing God to work through us or is it just some more knowledge that we put into our head and tick the box. I pray that we will not be just knowledge people. But that we will be people that would love God's word so much that we want it to change us. So we're going to talk about baptism of suffering today. Isn't that nice? And I know none of you in this room actually experience it at all. <laughs> you say, what planet do you come from? Yeah. So in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 10, Paul writing to a young man, he says, You, however, know all about my teachings, my way of life, my purpose, faith, patience, love, endurance, persecutions, sufferings, what kind of things happened to me in Antioch, Ecolium, and Lystra. The precautions I endured, persecutions I endured, yet the Lord rescued me from them all. It doesn't matter what you go through. It doesn't mean to say God's left you. Life's going to get tough. Get excited about this. Because if you get all mopey, you just dig your hole deeper. That's why the Bible says the joy of the Lord is our. I get excited. When the enemy puts more pressure on me, I get more excited. I jump around more. I shout more. I talk more. 
<laughs> and it's true. <laughs> Verse 12. In fact, everyone who wants to live God a godly life in Christ will be persecuted. Oh, Lord. I actually, I actually put that line in bold in my, my, my notes here. While evil men and imposters will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived, but as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know that from those whom you have learned it and how far... Um, And how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, he's talking to Timothy now, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Remember what the Word of God is here for? This is a teaching, it's able to rebuke, correct, and train in righteousness so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. When you're going through tough times, it's a good work. You don't see it now. In fact, if you look back, so, so we, we've kind of like moved around a lot. And then in every place, it seems like there are certain mountains that you've got to overcome. And I'm thinking, one day I prayed this prayer, really. I said, Lord, I know that you are are building character in me in all these challenges. And I said, but one day, what are you going to do with all this character? (laughs) I was just so frustrated because it just didn't seem like these mountains wanted to disappear. They just seemed to, you know, when you get closer to a mountain, it gets bigger and bigger. And it's exactly the same when you start these things and, and it just seems like it doesn't end. It just gets more and more. And there are times I used to say, Come to Jesus and everything will be okay. And then I've got to realize, no, that's not the truth. That's when I've got to realize there's power when Jesus said, come to Jesus and die. The only, so, so here's the thing, you need to understand. The, the one thing that the Bible refers to life is like as, as a soldier, an army. For those of you that have been in the army and you know that basics right at the beginning, They try and kill you. Literally. But the reason why they do that is because they've got to get you and I to a place where you don't think with your own head. You think on how they train you to respond. Because if you respond with how you want to, you will die. Because when life gets tough, we want to give up. When life gets tough, everything on the inside of you does the opposite to what you should be doing. Can you see the parallel in your Christian life? And so what happens is, that's how people die. And God understands that. That's why Paul says, I am crucified with Christ. It's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me. So they'll get to a place where I have to die to Basil and live for Jesus. And when he puts me in the fire, I don't hop out. I stay in. Now it's easy to say that. To live it's another story. You've got to talk to yourself a lot. You're going to cry long tears. You're going to do all those kind of things. But I want to say to you, it's possible. So when we come, we come to Jesus and he fixes things. But he doesn't seem to take the short road. He takes the long road. And he takes you through the potholes and the mountains and the rivers and the ice. And the, and it just, the, the environment changes all the time because God is dealing with things in your life. Because everything that not 
that does not die within you becomes an a, a, a instrument in the enemy's hand to set you up for a trap. I hope you listen to that statement. Everything that does not die in you and I, in our natural man and, our, and, and what I want to. That's why Jesus on the cross said, not my will, but your will be done. So suffering means to experience adverse effects of something unpleasant. I think that's putting it mildly. Here's the next thing. To feel pain, grief, or discomfort. Enduring undesirable pain and experience. So now all of a sudden my Christian life takes on a whole different meaning. So there's two types of suffering you're going to get in in life. Number one, self-inflicted. Afrikaans, I say, as you will not listen, you must fool. And number two, it's the result of a godly stand. So let's look at number one quickly self inflicted. Everybody's going to pay school fees. Have you heard that statement? You pay school fees. You know, because sometimes people tell you and you, 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 it goes in here and it falls out here. You don't listen. And then all of a sudden you land it. And then all of a sudden you realize, Yo, but this is what they were saying. Kind of like the light came on. Da-da! And so we need to understand that everybody is going to pay your own school. Wherever in life, um, whenever you start doing things wrong, trouble follows it. Trouble follows it. And so you need to understand that thing. Let me, let me give you a, just a very simple thing. 2 Corinthians 6.14 it says, Do not be yoked together with an unbeliever. Now you see, when... when when I was young and I, and I gave my heart to the Lord when I was 14, and I didn't understand that passage of Scripture. So I dated a lot of girls, and most of them never served the Lord. And this is what I found, that I never stayed serving the Lord like I should when I was dating somebody that doesn't serve the Lord. It's amazing how you don't, they don't migrate up to you, you migrate down to them. I, I have a, a small family, I have told you about them. And um, many of my family, in fact, all my family have, at a point, they have given their hearts to Jesus. But not everybody has followed what the Word says. And some of my nieces have, have got married to men that have not been serving the Lord. Well, they're not serving the Lord anymore. And they, they, they've divorced, and, and, and it's just chamos. And I'm just thinking, you would have saved yourself all the heartaches and everything else if you just listened to what the Word says. That's it. Nobody's trying to manipulate your life. We're just trying to help so that you have less trouble. Because trouble's coming anyway. Don't make it more. I don't know about you, but um, we really are. So then Proverbs says this. Ay, ay, ay. You, know, the pro- you know the Bible can be very straight. Listen, Proverbs 26, 11. As a dog returns to its own vomit, so a fool repeats his folly. I don't know about you, but I've done that a couple of times. Somehow, we never learned the first time around. You see, rebellion and stubbornness as a fruit of sin drives us to keep doing what is wrong. I expected you to go quiet. Proverbs speaks about how to bring correction. And because we're living in a world right now where you're not allowed to say a couple of things, I'm going to give you a couple of scriptures that you can go and read by yourself at home. Proverbs 13, 24. Proverbs 13, 24. Go and read it at home. 
Proverbs 22:15. Go and read it at home. Proverbs 23:13 and 14. Go and read it at home. And every single one of those scriptures talks about what pain, how pain fixes you. I've got to find out that connected to my brain is a muscle that goes to the other part of my body. And when you touch that other part of my body, it's amazing how my brain goes, ding. And if you've got an imagination, you might understand that one. So think very quickly of the harsh times that you had in your life and what is connected to it. Your brain immediately remembers the pain. Right? Pain has an amazing ability of getting our attention. What will stop me doing it again? Remembering the pain. Remembering the pain. Hebrews 12.6 says, The Lord disciplines the one he loves. The Lord disciplines the one he loves. The children of Israel kept themselves in the desert for 40 years longer than God intended them to be there. Why? Because they wouldn't listen. Now, I don't know, I, I, I've never lived in the desert, but I'm sure it's not a nice place. And to extend your visit for 40 years, I wouldn't want to do that. So pain reminds us of how not to do it. And let's listen. Let's listen. And in fact, you know what? That's how God made the body. That when you experience pain, it's amazing how you remove yourself from that thing immediately. Have you ever hit your finger with a, finger with a hammer? You're not very keen to go and hit with a hammer again very quickly after that. Because you, 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 the pain. All right. So that number one, self-inflicted, leaving it over there. Number two, the result of a godly stand. Unfortunately, there is a war that's going on against righteousness and unrighteousness. Darkness and light. Godliness and evil. There is a war that's going on. And as soon as you put yourself into godliness... Everything on the other side of the line hangs for you. And it's going to make life as tough as possible. So we're living in a fallen world where there's no morals, there's no principles. Standing for godliness is like a magnet that just attracts. It's amazing how they find you and come for you. Moses could have stayed in Pharaoh's court. But he couldn't. Deny, or he couldn't stop being the man that God intended him to be that would lead the children of Israel out of Egypt. And so when he did that, he became a target. Pharaoh was after him. Paul, in Acts chapter 19, verse 15, it says, But, you, uh, but the Lord said to Ananias, Go, this man is my chosen instrument to carry out my name before the Gentiles and their kings and before people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. The reason why God was saying he was going to suffer, it wasn't to get back, but it was going to find out what it was like to stand for God. Stand for God. The trials, the persecution, the frustrations, the uncomfortable situations, the verbal abuse, the betrayal, being blamed for what you never did. Have you ever been there? When I was in Clarkstorp, I would go into the, the, the prison, praise God, only by choice and not by force. And um, the, the one guy, uh, one day, I can't remember what I was speaking on, and he came to me and he said, he says, can you pray for me, please? And he said, I am in here and I was accused of a murder that I did not commit. 
and I've been, I've been, I've been um, sentenced for 15 years, and I've been here for seven already. I want you to think about what it's like paying for something you didn't do in prison. The stigma that goes with that. Um, I don't know how many of you have maybe gone and visited prison and maybe have had the privilege of going into the cells itself. I want to tell you there's a stench inside there that is not nice. Can you imagine living there in that place for 15 years? Can you imagine the stuff that's going on on the inside there all the time? It's not a nice place. And you know, when the guy spoke to me, he had such a brilliant attitude. And if I thought about it, Jesus was, took the same. Jesus was blamed for what he didn't do. But that's what he came for. You see, because in his eyes, he looked down the passages of time and he saw me and you. And he said, I'm doing it for them. And he looked down the passages of time a little bit further and he's looking down at your children and your grandchildren. And he says, I'm doing it for them. You see, there comes times when I put myself in a place where I'm not doing it only for me. I'm doing it for others as well. Sometimes we're going to be like the arrow that God's sending down somewhere that will create godliness that will affect generations behind us. 2 Corinthians eleven twenty two, it says, Paul, yeah, he's kind of like defending himself and he's been blamed. He says, are they, are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they Abram's descendants? So am I. Are they servants of Christ? He says, I am out of my mind to talk like this. I am more. I have worked harder. Uh, I have worked much harder, been in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely, been exposed to death again and again. Five times I've received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I've be, uh, been beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I've been constantly on the move. I have been in danger from rivers, danger from bandits. In danger from my own countrymen, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, danger in the country, in danger at sea, in danger of false brethren. I have labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I have been cold and naked. Besides everything else, I face the daily pressure of my concern for all the churches. Who is weak? And I do not feel weak. Who is led into sin? And I do not inwardly burn. When I read that passage of Scripture, I get to realize my life is nothing. I thought I had suffered. I thought life has got hard for me. Nah. We're still right in the beginning. We're still playing in the ankle deep stuff. A proverb says this. It says, better to suffer ill than do ill. A Greek proverb says this. He who suffers much will know much. <laughs> it's amazing. St. Augustine said this. God has one son on earth without sin but never one without suffering. So remember, life is not fair, but God is still good. He's still good. This is not, see, it's not what happens to you and I that determines how far we go in life. It's what we do with what happens to us that does. I'm going to say that again. It's not what happens to us that determines how far we go in life. It's what we do with what happens to us. That does. Is there a positive side to suffering? Yes. Yes. Number one, the testing of our faith produces mature, well-rounded, godly character. And now I've moved something here. 
A testing of our faith produces mature, well-rounded, godly character. In 1 Peter 1.6, it says, In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have to, have to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proving genuineness of your faith of great worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may be proven genuine and may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Remember I asked you right in the beginning the things that we've kind of like learned. Is it just a box that we've ticked or have we grown in it? We started off dealing with our foundation, faith in God. Faith in God. We're gonna, we're gonna, we are in there already, but it's going to get worse. We, we're going to have to learn to walk by faith and not by sight. The Bible tells us that. We're going to have to learn and know that when God's word says something, that's it. He's got me. He's got me in the palm of his hand. He's still, I'm still the apple of his eye. He's, he's for me and not against me. I'm going to have to know those kind of things more than anything else. Because if doubt comes in now, what's going to happen when all hell breaks loose against us? We're going to have to become people that are solid in the Word. James 1, 2 says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters. I don't like where he puts the joy in here, but anyway, let's, let's go. He says, Consider pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So we're seeing here that persecution, suffering, has a role to play in forming you and I. So when we lived in Clarkstorp, it's very interesting that um, it's, a, it's a gold mining area. And I never found not one mine where they were just mining on the surface. All of them had a dig. In fact, most of them, I think, went down to a kilometer and a half, or one shaft was almost two kilometers down in the earth where they went to go and find gold. And then that was only part of it. So in other words, it's hard work to go and find it. Then the process to make gold or to get gold out of the rocks, there's a crushing that has to happen. There is a furnace that's involved in it. There's chemicals that are added to it to kind of like bring it out and I don't know the whole process. But you need to understand that on the inside of you and I, there is gold that needs to come to the surface so that the world may know that there's a God in heaven. And you and I are the, are, the, are the ones that are going to be able to reflect who Jesus is here on earth. Nobody else. And that is why he needs us to become his bride, his beautiful bride. And so there's some things in you and I can only develop in tough situations. Isn't that nice to know? So I think I've mentioned this before, but just one of the, one of the things. So um, right in the beginning of years of my life when the call of God came, and so the, the, the pastors and elders were kind of like trying to help develop me. I was young and, 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 and this leave the end stuff. And, um, and so what happens is, so, they, 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 <laughs> so they, they, they're looking, uh, we call them home cells, you call them comms. So they were looking for new um, comm leaders. And um, so they, kind of, they choose a lot of us, and they give us a topic to talk on, and they say, you've got, you, I think it was 10 minutes, or 15 minutes, I think it was 15 minutes. So, great. And so they're sitting there as elders, and we get up, and, and, and we talk. And I'm finished in two. <laughs> because I was not confident in talking in front of people. And it, it, um, 
whenever I get nervous, I start running fast, and you're going to pick it up. That when I get excited or nervous, then my, my, my speed gets up, and then when I get home, Shirley says, you went like a steam train today. So if that does happen, just be gracious with me because it's still there somewhere. hasn't died completely. Anyway, so the one old man, I mean, he was, he was uh, uh, Roy Brio is in heaven now, and um, he says, son, you had a lot of things, good things to say. He said, the only problem is you said them so fast, we never heard one of them. <laughs> so I thought, that's it. That's great. I'm disqualified. No, way. hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. The next week, go again. I said, no, hey, I failed last week. No, 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 go again. And I, the next week was exactly the same, maybe even worse. And, the, and then one day they say, no, okay, no, you're, you're going to share in the home. So I'm thinking, don't do this. This is not, this is not me. I'm not made for this thing. But somehow they were seeing something in me, and the problem is to get it out of me, they had to keep on putting me in the fire. And I'm thinking, how long are you going to... Now, here's the problem. It took years to get a little bit better. <laughs> a little bit better. You're seeing me after 35 years. So, so um, Jesus is still working. So we're very grateful for that. I want you to think of Joseph. I mean, Joseph, an innocent young man, lands up in prison. Now, again, I, I think prisons here nowadays is a terrible place, but can you imagine prisons then? I don't think you wanted to be in there. I mean, you there, it was really the survival of the toughest. And yet it's amazing that how Joseph has such a brilliant attitude, and, the, and, and all of a sudden, because of his attitude, and I think just allowing God to work in the situation, God just promotes him up in, in amongst the prisoners. And then out of that into Potiphar's house, and then crazy things happen there, and he's back into prison again, and the people that he helps forget about him, and he stays there for a long time. So we need to understand something, that sometimes our fire is going to be a little bit long. But it's okay. Because gold shines more, I think. That's why. So when, you, when you're going through that, and then you read Romans 8.28, in all things. God works for the good. In all things. Not outside it, in it. Gold cannot be formed outside of fire. Has to go to the fire. Has to be polished. And so character is what makes us stand out in the crowd. And every, every trial that you go through, every, every frustration, every, every bit of pain, all those things is just causing character to be built in you so that you can stand for something. You all know how pearls are being created. A bit of a sand that lands up in um, an oyster. And it's an irritation for the oyster. Uncomfortable. And how he, I think he puts a little bit something there and, and it starts to form and then it starts to grow. But you see something that's of value today that people pay a lot of money for started out of an irritation. Uncomfortable situation. And once the, once the pearl's been taken out of the oyster, it's just chucked aside and, 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 and its value is no longer as much as it used to have when it had the... So you need to understand that there's times when a pearl is born in you for a specific moment. It went all through things. I... I, I I pray this prayer one day, because obviously raising children can be challenging, and you always want to be good parents and all that kind of stuff, 
And, and, and I prayed this to, as we were raising Joel. I said, Lord, if I was born just to raise Joel up so that he will become a young man that will affect his generation, then my life is worth it. With all the challenges that were happening and, and, the, and the attack on parenting today and all that kind of stuff, if I was born just for that, then my life was worth it. Keep standing when others have written you off. Keep living the word when others are going in the opposite direction. The Bible says that in the last days, there are going to be people that are going to fall away. Let us not be those people in Jesus' name. So number one is that testing of our faith produces mature, well-rounded, godly character. Number two is suffering is proof that we are true children of God. Suffering is, is proof that we are two children of God. You see, if I stand for righteousness, I'm going to have to take some punches. When you stand up in the crowd and you declare that you're a Christian, it's amazing how people turn on you immediately. It's amazing how a godly spirit upon you is almost a traction where the enemy just goes for you and just makes life extremely difficult. The enemy will challenge you. Everything godly in you to try and keep godliness in place is going to be a huge, huge effort. But the Bible says, once having done all things, stand. Keep standing. We don't crumble under pressure. But we have to go through the fire to learn how to stand. Number three, suffering comes when I put boundaries on myself to walk in godliness. How many of you have done that? You put a boundary there? <laughs> Within five minutes, that boundary's been challenged. You see, if we don't allow sin to invade our life, you're going to have to put a block there. You're going to have to stop it. And it's interesting that when you've made that decision, the enemy will always come and say, I want to test whether you're genuine about this boundary. Right now, on the internet, there's so much stuff available that causes us to sin like that. And it's interesting. That, that, that once you say, that's it, I'm finished with that kind of life, it's amazing how the next time you go on your phone, an advert jumps up. Or you're on the computer, then all of a sudden an advert jumps up. That thing is pushing on the boundary to see, are you serious about your decision? And that's why you cannot walk alone. You have to walk with others. Remember this, the power of sin is in its secrecy. Write it down. The power of sin is in its secrecy. That as long as we keep it secret, the enemy will keep harassing it. But when you bring it into the light, I'm telling you, it loses its power over you. Have you noticed that? That's why the Bible says, confess your sin one to another. But I want to say this. If somebody comes and shares their heart with you, and you become a newspaper, be careful, we're coming after you. Because it takes a lot for people to share their heart. So then you stand with them. You help them. And you don't become part of that. 1 Timothy 4, 7 it says, train yourself to be godly. Train yourself to be godly. Just because you gave your heart to Jesus Christ, that doesn't mean say godliness just falls into place. No. You're going to have to train yourself everything. You have to untrain the things that you've done up to that moment so that you can retrain yourself in godliness. Godliness does not just jump on us. You have to fight for it. Godliness has boundaries and it's going to be challenged. 
Just look at the whole education that's happening in our nation, in fact, right over the world, where they're pushing in stuff now, where, where as parents you have, no, you have no say any longer as to what your children get educated at school. They're closing that net in more and more. Where even if it's homeschooling, they're wanting to start to take control and take, take over. They're wanting to take over the position of being the parents of the children. Gender issues. You've got to be careful what you say here now, otherwise you're dead. But I want to say, if you're confused, just look down. That's how simple it is. <laughs> I was listening to some person child of this whole thing, and I'm thinking, you know what is crazy? I buy a Toyota car, and if I go and put a Volkswagen badge on there, I still have to go and buy the spares from Toyota. Just because I changed the badge doesn't change all the parts. Sorry for you. Doesn't work that way. Number four. <laughs> God, okay, before number four, God still makes male and female, and he's not confused. He's not confused. Number four, suffering helps me to feel with others. Suffering helps me to feel with others. Romans 12, 15 says, rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. Through suffering, one learns to feel with others. You know, we can say some crazy things sometimes when we're with people that are hurting. And I want to ask us, will you rather say less than say crazy things? Because there's some things we say that are not helpful. And, um, but it's when you've been through that pain yourself that all of a sudden you know. You see, head knowledge doesn't hurt, help hurting people. Heart does. You've got to feel with people. And it's better to say nothing and be there as a support and help them in every other way than to say crazy things. And so sometimes we have to go through some things just so we can understand. A Jewish proverb says this, the man who has not, been, has not tasted bitter doesn't know what sweet is. And Rolf Emerson said this, when it is dark enough, men see the stars. Sometimes life's got to get dark so you can see the light. Number five, getting close to finishing. Suffering makes me more dependent on the Lord. Makes me need Jesus more. Harold Bos Bosley said, in, in, in suffering one learns to pray best of all. It's amazing how when life is good, we pray and we pray a lot. But when life is tough... We pray less, but we're serious about what we pray. And sometimes, sometimes, it's not a mountain that you say. It's what comes out of you. So, so two years ago, um, when life was very challenging for me and I was not well, um, the, the only prayer that I, well, not the only prayer, but the, when I prayed, I just said, Lord, I know that my life will not be over until I've had every conversation that you want me to have, every phone call that you want me to have, every meeting of every person that you want me to meet in my life, because you have numbered my days, and I will not live, will not one of them less, in Jesus' name.
That was it. I just stood on that. God, you created me. And God, when it's your time, I'm finished. But in the meantime over here, I'm just going to keep on standing on your promises. That's it. I'm not going to have anything less than that. Proverbs 3 verse 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him, but the Bible says acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. It didn't say with all your head. Because my thinking can be wrong sometimes. And therefore my thinking has to come in line with God's word. And my heart is what responds to God. So therefore, he says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your understanding. And in all your ways, acknowledge him. Just keep doing what you need to do and what you know how to do in every situation. You see, it's easy to say, I trust the Lord until you're in, you've got your back in a corner and you've got no other way out. <laughs> then you'll know what you do know and what you don't know and what you have done and what you've established in your life, it's then. But up until then, we can say a lot of things. When trouble hits me, then I'm going to find out if my plans are going to get me out of there or is God's plans going to get me out of there. And I found out that when I'm in trouble, my plans come to an end and then I run out of resources and then I realize, okay, God, now it's you. I give up. I give up. Psalm 119.67, listen to this. It says, before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I obey your word. <laughs> Verse 71, it says, it is, good, it is good for me that I have been afflicted, that I may learn your statutes. Sometimes. The only time I get into the word is when I'm in trouble. Shouldn't be like that. But that's the reality. We're talking real stuff here. So when I, when, and, and when I'm not in trouble, when I read the Word, I'm just kind of like reading over it. And, and I've read this passage of Scripture before, and I've got a good idea of what it is. And so I just go, over, and I'm missing all the new things that God wants to, me to learn and to apply in my life. Be careful that you don't do that. So as we land, you're not going to be able to avoid suffering. Suffering while you're on this side of heaven Suffering is part of life. Life's going to have its tough moments. What advice does the Bible give us? Leave you with this. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16. Be joyful always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. I'm going to read it to you again. Be joyful always. Put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. God's been very clever in how he has been starting to massage certain things in us in the sense of there are tools in our hand to be able to get us through the rocky times in our life. Be joyful always. Pray continually. Listen, I don't know about you, but I have a limited vocabulary of what I can pray. And so that's why I'm finding that the, that the baptism in the Holy Spirit has become such an asset to me because when I don't know what to pray, I pray in the Spirit. And I'm building myself up and I know I'm, I'm praying what God needs me to pray for that situation of things that I've got no idea about. Pray continually. And then give thanks 
uh, in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Amen. I want to say this to you. You'll make it. You will make it. Because God has never left you nor forsaken you. Just remember that. As tough as life can get, He's never left us. He's never forsaken us. He's there. The problem is, I've got to look up and reach out to Him. He's standing there. He's not a God that will invade you. He's a God that responds on invitation. And so whenever I do the word, I'm, I'm, I'm giving the invitation for God to now help me in my situation. If I use the tools that he has given me, it works. And I see breakthrough. And I see things changing. And I'm able to go through them. Amen.